Welcome to Swimming with Sepsi, where we break down various life topics, bring on inspirational guests to talk about their lives, their experiences, and encourage you to swim through your own inner thoughts, emotions, and feelings to inspire a change within you that will hopefully lead to an outer change in your own personal reality. I ask that throughout this episode and all future episodes that you come with an open mind, an open heart, and a willingness to look at yourself in a different way and to look at the world in a different way. I'm grateful for each and every one of you that's tuned in in this current moment, and I look forward to sharing many more moments with you. And with that, let's dive on in. Let's go. Welcome. Damn, welcome. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. Welcome, welcome. <clears throat> Back. Why do I feel like it's been a while? It has. It's been a few weeks for us. They probably won't know the difference. That's true. But yeah, for us, it's been a, it's been been a, a while. It's been a hot minute. Wow. We're going through some things. My holidays. Holidays. You know, we just had stuff stored up, ready to go. Yep. Holidays coming along. And now it's already end of January. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's insane, bro. Uh, anyways. January's been a good month. It has been a good month. Welcome. Welcome to Swimming with Sepsi. Your host, Joshua Sepsi, and our co-host, Nikki Tama Chesky. Thank you for having me. <laughs> as as if you're not like on every episode. I'm gonna say it every time. Thanks, bro. Thanks. You could fire me. Bro. You could easily fire me. Any any. Why point. would I fire you? I would not. Fire that'd be you. fucking up, bro. <laughs> I made the couch move out on its own. That was weird. That was actually really strange. I don't know how it did that. It was kinked. It was free. I don't know. It's free. Yeah, we, it was like on the corner oh, over there. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. And so we took it because it just had free on it. And we were like, well, it's a nice big couch. We just got to fix the arm. And then we plugged it in and it worked. And I was like, okay, well, at least it works. And now it's a ghost couch. So interesting stuff, interesting stuff. Um, but anyways, our topic for the day, I guess not the day, topic for the episode uh, is I don't know how to like preface it. I want to try and find something like fun to preface it with. It's just it's not that fun. I mean, yeah, that's it's what you're fear and doubt. We're dealing with fear and we're dealing with doubt. Um, if you find fear fun, great. I mean, I find it personally. I find it interesting. I find doubt interesting. I like catch myself doubting, you know, quite often. I would say that's a little more often than understanding what my fears are. You would catch yourself doubting more often than you know where your fears are coming from? Not that I like don't know. It's just like I don't 
I don't pay attention to them as much. I don't mm. give them a lot of attention. Like what fears, what my fears are. I recognize what some of them may be. You know, not a lot of them are. And and here's one thing we can get into. Um, you know, we can start with fear. We can start with doubt first. They kind of go hand in hand. Um, but there's like physical fears and then there's like internal mental fears, which I would almost call them just beliefs at that point um, that cause you to be fearful of doing an act. Uh, like, for example, uh, like you're talking about, we were talking about going to the grocery store, how that can be fearful. Mm. Yeah, like if you haven't been outside in a while and you're like, Man, I'm going to have to talk to the cashier. <laughs> There's self-checkout for that. I know, but it's see, like the, even that is like a crutch. I don't want to just be like That's like the introvert's to... favorite thing. It is, and I do it every time, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I still, because I remember times when I've been like, I used to not think about interaction as, like as much as I did. I used to just say what I wanted, like, freely. What changed? Mm. Probably some kind of experience to where I started overthinking, like, what I say and what I do way more, like, just being more cautious. But also, I think it's a good thing, because I've also become more sensitive to how other people feel. Yeah. I mean, I would I would agree to an extent, because when you start putting limits on yourself based on other people's perceptions... Now you're feeding it into other people and, and not living as authentically as you can. Mm-hmm. Not to say, you know, don't be an asshole. Like if you're, you know, if you're just like, well, this is who I am and you're an asshole to everybody, it's a little different than like, um, this is who I am, but I don't want to speak on my beliefs or just kind of like interact with people like I want to because... Uh, I would say there's, I think there's a moral and value difference. Mm-hmm. Some people may not even see that they're an asshole and that's just something on them. Yeah. But to your point, you know, the interaction part of like going to a supermarket, going to the store, half the time I don't even talk to anybody while I'm there. I may head do head nod or smile <laughs> or something, but yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm there to get my stuff yeah. and I'm there to get out. Same. Cause I, feel I don't that. know. I don't have, I feel like. And this was one thing, like, I feel it's more of an anxiety thing of just, it could be a social anxiety. Like, I know how people are, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to engage in people that aren't like-minded. Yes. And so, at a supermarket, you don't know who's going to, what's going to be there. Mm -hmm. There could be people there that are like-minded of you, and you might, you know, do a head nod or see them, be like, oh, okay, I, you know... Or something. I don't know. But a lot of times that's a toss up. Like when you go to an event, I'm sure if you go to an event where you know like, oh, all these people are like me, like they like the same exact thing. Like if you go to like a a festival or if you go to (laughs) some uh, farmer's market, you know, or I mean, those are just things I like to do. So those like or shows or music or what else you could do? That's like a public thing. I don't know. Go golfing, you know. You you find people that are like of the like minded, so it's a little bit easier for you to feel comfortable and engage 
Would you say that's the same for you? Not all the time, because if especially if it's something. But my mind is different because I feel like I just get paranoid about how to be myself more than maybe other people. I don't know. That could be not even a true belief either. I feel like maybe other people would struggle with it too. But it's so it's been so subconscious to where I'm always like I used to just pass it off as like, yeah, I just don't have the energy for it, or I just like don't want to go out. Unless you start justifying yeah, it. COVID probably had something to do with it. Also, just personal journey probably has something to do with it. But I feel like if I was going to an event where I knew, like, for, for instance, like, even going out with my friends, sometimes I'm like, damn, am I going to... I put so much pressure on myself to, like, be like, am I going to be in, like, the good energetic mood or just, like, provide the energy that I know that I want to? And, like, I just put uh, so much pressure so on myself. Yeah. So I'm like... If it's holding space, if it's just, like, being, like, the light. So it's hard for you to just be. Yeah. You feel like you have to bring something. Like, you have to, like. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you have that. Well, that's not crazy because there's a lot of people like that. Um, there's that. It's a fear. Uh, and it's also a doubt mm-hmm. at the same time. It is. Because you're doubting, one, your own confidence and just being yourself. Mm-hmm. But you're also afraid if I'm not this way, how are the others going to perceive me? And yeah. will I just per- be perceived completely different? Mm-hmm. There's no just able to be, well, I can just show up as myself and know that I love who I am. And by being that, that's going to emanate through them and we're going to have a good time. Yeah. It's always going to be fine. It's always going to be a good time. Yeah. There's no that space. And that's a tricky space yeah. to like, uh, a tricky balance to fall into. Um, because you always, I mean, not always, but there's a lot of pe- a lot of things as far as doubt, which I would say are triggered um, by our fears. Um, and what I mean by that is when you start to doubt small parts of yourself, whether it be a small decision that you want to make, something you want to say to somebody, uh, there's what's coming to me is it's one of two things. You're fearful um, of how you're going to be portrayed or you're afraid of what you're going to receive. So you're afraid of what you're giving and you're afraid of what you're receiving. Damn. And so that causes you to doubt every little decision that you make, Mm -hmm. um, which then brings on your anxiety, then brings on your stress. So we go back to that was the third episode where he talked about stress and anxiety. These things really stem from, well, are you constantly in doubt? Are you constantly in fear? Or are you constantly in both? A lot of the times you're in both. I would say most people are in both. Like, like flickering back and forth between doubt and fear and small flickering of clarity and uh, hope. Um... And it's like a, a tightrope you got to watch walk each day. Um, but I found that personally, going back to where I said I don't really necessarily pay attention to my fears, um, is because I found when I constantly give them attention, that's when I make the most mistakes. Mm. Like when I'm constantly like 
I'm afraid of this happening or I'm afraid of failing or I'm, I'm afraid of finding this, you know, deep relationship and then that crushing me and all this stuff. And like, I found when I, when I focus on that, which those are two of my real fears, by the way. So now, you know, those, when I focus on that intently and like heavily, I, my routine is shattered. I don't get up and do things or I'm, I'm not doing the things that I should be doing. Um, when I say should, that I want to be doing, right? I'm not as active. I'm not as engaging. I'm not as joyful. I'm not as loving life, mm-hmm. right? And it also pulls me out of the moment for me to be present with what's happening in this moment right now when we talk about emotions and feelings because I'm constantly worried about, am I ever going to find that sort of you know, partnership or where is that at? Or maybe I have found it and why isn't it? exactly how I wanted it to look, right? Doubt and fear or, you know, dang, I wish um, this was a successful thing or I wish I could, you know, bring in more clients or something like that, whether it be a coaching thing or, man, I haven't really made music and so I get fearful of, is this going to fall off? Am I going to lose this? Is this going to happen, right? You Mm -hmm. fall into those cycles Um, and that's just being human. But constantly thinking of those things my mind is at attention on those. And so what's that going to constantly bring when we're talking about the state of manifestation? It's going to constantly bring, well, I'm not creating this anymore, or it's going to, or I'm not talking to anybody because I'm afraid of really being hurt and I'd feel like I don't deserve that. So there's doubt even in the relationship aspect or there's, well, I'll just give up because I'm afraid if I even try, am I just going to crumble down? I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with that. Um, and then here's the kicker. Here's where, here's where uh, it gets real sticky when we're talking about, well, you can just start doing something, and when you start doing something, you get into it, and you become less afraid, less afraid, less afraid. True. From my personal experience. I mean, also, I stopped just kind of paying attention to them, but... When you do that, if you are constantly in the back of your head of waiting for it to happen, I'm waiting for this to happen, waiting, waiting, waiting. I know that my fear is there. I'm waiting for it to just show up again. It's going to show up over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, maybe in different variations, you know, everything going on wrong here, right? There was a part of me... And this is just going to be a real world example because this just happened. Was when I when I lost kind of having a space to host. Right, we we had to do a whole new setup for the podcast, by the way. So we're in a whole new scenario. If you can't tell, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been tuning in. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a little bit wider. So that was a fear of mine. Small fear, very small fear, of. With things just aren't going to go right. It's just not going to flow and not going to be able to adapt. It's just not going to look, it's not going to the right feel, right? All these little things. And they're just, they're small little fears. They're not like grand, grand fears, right? We can go onto a grand scope, but we can also go down to the microscope of like, here's a, uh, a micro example of a fear. And we can go to the macro examples of fears later when we talk about society. But so when we go in this micro, these are just tiny little things. All these little things started happening. 
this mic wasn't right or this wasn't right here. We had to change this here, change that here. And although we had kind of discussed the setup before, still I was afraid. I was like, ah, oh, it's just not going to work. Right oh, doubting it too, right? The same thing, just doubting, well, this, blah, blah, blah. And I had to breathe. You saw me, I just had to sit and breathe because I was like, look, that's not feeding, that's not supporting any of what I really want to happen. And so all I did was just go, I breathed and I just realigned with where I see this going, what I really wanted to achieve, what the intention is. I said, I don't care how it looks. I want the message to get across. So let's just make it work. And here we are. It was stressful, right? In the beginning, but it was frustrating. But when you can realign yourself, and I think this is like the hardest part that a lot of people find is because they get too far out of the present moment that they have a hard time realigning themselves back with their original intention because they're over here thinking about this fear, doubting the moves that they make because they believe that every single move they make isn't aligning them right where they need to go. Mm-hmm. And so they just don't make that fear for, they don't make that choice for fear of being completely off course mm-hmm. when your journey is just your journey. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. Your journey is just your journey. What you focus on what kind of is where your, where your arrow is going to guide you. Mm-hmm. So when your intention's here, while my focus goes to a doubt, okay, I veer off a little bit, you learn a lesson. And if you don't learn that lesson, it's just going to go, whoop, oh, here's that same doubt looking in a whole different picture now. Now it may look like uh, instead of uh, doubting, I don't know, this is a silly example, just came to me doubting your first draft pick when you're doing a fantasy pool, right? And then, um, okay, that, you know, you're just doubting your decisions at that point, but then you're over here like, uh, do I eat this or eat that, knowing what mm-hmm. I'm, what's healthy for me? So your, your small decisions, you begin doubting your own intuition, um, which is why the mushroom episode, I was like, if you can listen to your intuition more and more and strengthen that and you see the results, you become your own kind of science experiment, which is really what you are. It's trial and error through everything. This doesn't work. Try something different. That doesn't work. Try something extra different that maybe you need to ask somebody for, like, how did you do this or how did you overcome this with fears? Which is why connecting and communicating with people is so powerful. Because somebody may be dealing, may have overcome something that you haven't yet. Mm. And if you don't know a way out, you've tried everything. That's why they have like groups like, I think some of those groups like the AA and those kind of groups, um, they're great. You know, social groups, just community groups. Uh, I love like out here with Phoenix, which I haven't been in a while because it's been cold, but... Um, like Popco Park Thursday. Oh, also my day job keeps that. me at like my day job doesn't let me go to that because it starts mm-hmm. at six and I work till seven. So miss the yoga. But anyways, so I believe that fear can also be a, a, a catalyst for is catalyst the right word mm-hmm. for like uh, huge growth. Mm-hmm. I think it can be a hindrance and it can be growth. And I mean, a lot of people are going to maybe understand um, about this. 
And the reason, the way that I say that, and here's how it can be a growth. You understand the fears that you have. Journal them out. Write them fucking down. Fucking face yourself in the mirror. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of winning. I'm afraid of uh, finding this, you know, being super vulnerable, which I'm not really afraid of that. I'm obviously being very vulnerable. But anyways, and it, despite, I'm just examples. I don't know why I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> being vulnerable, you can say, you know, writing out all these fears. I'm afraid of spiders. I'm afraid of fucking... <laughs> like heights or falling from the high distances. I'm afraid of breaking a bone. I'm afraid of, you know, speaking my mind for fear of what others are going to think of me. I'm afraid of being accepted. Like all these different yeah. things. You can just journal them out and really be raw with yourself because then you can understand how to break them, break them. <laughs> how, did, how did you do that? Right. <laughs> that was like one of my lips. <laughs> I used to be able to roll my R's. I can't roll my R's anymore. Really? Yeah. I, I like rolling my R's. It's fun. Puerto, the Puerto Rican in me is slowly fading. Just kidding, Mom. Love you. <laughs> it's always here. Just made rice and beans I was going to say, I, I know I saw your Puerto Rican cookbook. Oh, yeah. Love At least you're not thing. losing it in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bro. Got you, bro. That's <laughs> where it matters, honestly. It's it, fire. Oh, God. Stuff's so good. But so using it as like that uh, explosion, like um, we'll just pick one. Um, so I'm afraid of being, well, say you have a fear of being vulnerable mm. or communicating truths. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Mm. So you start by understanding and recognizing, okay, that's something that I can't do. You don't try to make any major changes right away. Because all you're going to do is bring on shame. Okay, mm. So you start small. Yep. So you start at this base of just recognizing where that fear plays in in your day-to-day -day life. Do that for a week. Go throughout your day. Like, you know, feel yourself either tense up. What happens to your body when your body reacts to that? And then recognize... That was me being afraid to communicate something right there. Mm. I froze or I mm -hmm. said something completely different. Mm. You know, I, I, and then you just recognize that and say, okay. So you start to recognize what happens in the body. Mm -hmm. And then you start to recognize where your thoughts are. So in that specific moment, maybe your thoughts just completely tailor off and you say something different or you start talking really fast and you try yeah. to make up for all these things. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, your, your mind just goes blank and you're just sort of just... Hmm. Do I say, and you start, you start catching yourself. Do I say this or do I say this? Or do I say this in this moment? Or what if I say this and this goes wrong? So you start watching your thoughts go. Damn, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And so when you do that, that's going to allow you to just become aware. And awareness mm -hmm. is key in everything. Mm -hmm. Awareness is key in everything. Awareness is key in everything. Yep. So... When you are aware now of this fear, fear, right? And as you can see, when I was just talking about the thoughts, it turned into doubt, doubting what you're going to say. You can then begin to change it after you're aware how it happens physically and mentally and emotionally and what you're feeling. How does it make you feel? Does it make you feel angry? Does it make you feel frustrated? 
Does it make you feel, uh, um, do you feel that shame? Do you feel hopeless? Right? A lot of people feel hopeless because they're just like, there's no way for me to get over this. This is just how I am. And they accept it. Man. And that's another, that's another that's, deep-rooted yeah, fear. Yeah, that's what right? That's giving up. Damn. Um, I'll talk about that in a second, but there was a video I watched. Um, actually, I'll just bring it up now since it's here, and I'll kinda, we'll kind of circle back to the example. There's this video I watched on Instagram of this guy. He was sharing, like, these uh, healthy living tips of just, like, eating something and then how it works with the body. I don't remember exactly what it was, but... He goes, I have people that comment on my channel and say, you know, what's the point of doing this if you're just going to die anyways, if we're all going to die anyways, right? And we talked about how, you know, that's probably like a grand fear in the scheme of things of why we do the things we are, we do. And I loved his comment because he said, well, if you people that think like that, they just gave up on life. Yeah. They just gave up. If they're just going to fill their system with all these kinds of things and do, you know, things that aren't good for them or just toxic to them and other people around them because they're like, well, none of this matters. We're going to die anyways. You gave up. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought about that. I was like, wow. You, I mean, you're right. You gave up on trying to live, on wanting to live a healthier lifestyle for you, a more communable lifestyle for you. That's going to have positive effects not only on you or other people around you you just gave up mm-hmm. you just accepted that nothing matters and that you're gonna, and so like you just stopped trying you just ended up at well this is all that matters in my life and some people can do that and uh, you know more more power to you if that's the way you want to live your life i don't judge I just thought it was interesting on how he explained that of saying you gave up. And I was like, wow. Because he's like, this is, all I'm trying to do is promote um, a healthier living. Mm-hmm. Because you want to live, you know, those that want to live in a healthier life and have a, that healthier life are going to go. So I just thought that was interesting because it just tied into the, the fear of death thing. Mm. And that there's kind of a couple routes you can go with that. You know, you can try and prepare. Some people try to prepare for the afterlife. Some people want to just live a blissful life and try to be as good as enjoy every living thing that you're able to experience in this lifetime. Some people give up and just say, screw it. I'm going to die anyways. I'm going to go out with a bang. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You know, it's, um, yeah, I know a lot of people actually stuck in that, that mind frame of like, because you hear it in a lot of things that people say, like just everyday things like, oh, I'm never going to become, like, a musician or whatever. Like, I'm never going to make it. Like, I don't know. Just, I feel like I just always hear people's, like, dreams just, like, dying just because, like, they think that they're not going to make it. But even if you, like, think that, if you just think from a frame of, like, why are you doing it? Is it just, like... Like, you have to go into the reasons why you're doing what you're doing. And, like, I don't know. A lot of the time it's because, like, you either want to accomplish something or, like, feel some kind of, like, or fill some kind of void, like, that you're thinking, like, oh, if I do this, then I will be this. Or, like, I'll be more accepted or I'll be successful or, like, filling some other, like, um, 
belief, I guess. Yeah. But really, it's just, like you said, it's about the quality of life. Like, you either have a happy, healthy, quality life of like, based on the choices that you make, or it's just, like, you're just going to be living in the, exactly what you believe. Like, the yeah. Yeah. It's just, well, the thing with that, and, like, I'm going to play devil's advocate, because the thing with that is some of those people that, that decide to give up, they're living a happy life. They love it. They don't care. But that's and that's that's where I say more power to you. That's how you want to do it. Do it. But I think a lot of that is isn't happiness. I think that's comfort. Oh sure, for sure. But if they themselves decide to believe that it's happiness, who mm. are we to say stop doing that? Yeah, I'm not saying stop doing it. It's just Mm-mm. who are we to say that? Yeah. Right? No, no. And I know, yeah. I know you're not saying that. But I'm just saying, like, who who am I to be like? No, you should you do this, or you need to do this, yeah. right? I just I don't want there's no point in, there's no point in telling people how they should live <coughs> government <coughs> yeah so like there's okay and, and I'll go back on this because and I want to talk about a macro fear now because that's just mm. kind of what it brought up um, when people think of anarchy or uh, the world ending, everything crashing, uh, systems collapse, uh, I don't know, and all the TV shows, movies, you got zombies, you got aliens coming in, blah, blah, blah. Well, let's actually, let's get rid of the aliens because that brings in a whole other element. Let's yeah. get rid of the zombies because that also brings in a whole other, let's yeah. keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, know, I feel you. So, like, systems crash. Yeah. Crash. <laughs> Solar flare knocks out all all electronics, right? Yeah. We get sent back to, quote, unquote, the Stone Ages. Because, obviously, we're not going back to the Stone Ages because you know, we're a little more advanced than that. We'd be able to come up with things pretty quickly. We're human. We're made to adapt. We're made to change. We understand the basics that we need to survive, all that's going to happen, and, and here's what's going to happen. My prediction. Don't believe me, believe me. So the biggest fear is that everything's going to turn into a Mad Max movie, and there's just going to be shit, people rooting, looting, rioting, killing, blah, 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 blah. That might happen right away. You might, they, you're going to get both. There's no way it's just going to be this peaceful transition. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're going to have that right off the bat. Everyone's going to go haywire Chaos. because they're just going to be like, trying to survive and they're going to think you know I have to fend for myself mm-hmm. there's going to be those people there's also going to be those people that are like the only way we're going to get through this is if we do this together mm-hmm. and so there's going to be plots of communities going up other things happening as far as community spaces non you know non-communal people just want to do anarchy because they've been waiting for this forever to just go nuts right there's there's two sides I would say that's like a that's like one big fear um, that collectively, if you can see of what we create in our entertainment, um, that's something that we all look for. I don't know why, but we all pray for end times. Maybe not pray for it, but we're all afraid of it. We're all afraid of society collapsing. We're all afraid of everything just turning into this huge debacle. What does that keep you from being? present 
engaging with the people around you. You're planning your plan. It's not bad to plan. I'm not saying it's not. It's not saying anything is bad. First of all, but I'm saying is that it doesn't allow you to live in this present stresslessness, fearfulness lifestyle. It doesn't age your body. It doesn't age your soul. Plan for it. Yeah, understand what you want to do, and then let it go. Don't continue to dwell on it. The more you dwell on it the more anxiety it's going to bring, the more it's going to be hard for you to go about your day because you're like, well, this is all going to end or all this is going to end. I got to do this, 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 this. I don't have this. I don't have this, right? Because then you start looking at your present life. Well, I don't have this agriculture thing set up that I need that's going to allow me to survive or give me food or I don't have some sort of protection or I don't have X amount, blah, blah, blah. Just doesn't keep you in the moment. And it's hard Feel like you want to say something yeah i was just about to ask a question maybe for to add some clarity on what tools you can have to address those things when it comes but i was going to say so what do you do when you see that you obviously don't have something in the present moment like you just said like you're missing something in the um, present moment okay how, how can you continue how can you feel okay and in that lack. Well, how can you feel okay yeah. in, ha- in having, like, and being okay? Yeah. And, yeah, and having nothing or being like, well, I obviously don't have this. There's a giant gap from where I am and where I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, that's a good one. So, I would say this is uh, when we're talking about fear and doubt, because I want to keep it on that topic. Uh, it's a fear of, obviously, a fear of lack or fear of not having enough or fear of not having what I have, what I, what I need to have. Um, I'm going to stick with personal experience and then I can, I'll open it up a little bit. Personal experience. I've been there where I've lived out of a duffel bag. I didn't have anything. I had a roof over my head. That was shared. I had a vehicle, which is, for some people, a good a, a good amount, right? I was able to have food coming in somehow. Somehow I had money coming in from the job, right? You were there. So the only way I stayed sane was just knowing that this wasn't this wasn't te- this was temporary. This wasn't the permanent life that I was going to live. And that mindset allowed me to shift into, okay, how do I create then the life that I want to, where I want, that I want it to be permanent. And that was full of just failures, doubts, you know, full of those things throughout the journey, but the intention never changed. So in the moment, you're going to have these like immediate fears of your needs not being met. You have the hierarchy of needs, which we talked about uh, in one episode. Um, Maslow's, Haslow's, whatever you want to fucking call them. It's Maslow's. Mm -hmm. I think that was our first episode. It was our first episode. 
Yeah, well, we didn't air that episode. It was technically well, our first recorded episode, but it's actually episode four, I think. Oh, okay. I don't think we launched it until later. Um, but so those hierarchy of needs aren't being met. So you have to look at and what needs can I meet in this present moment? Mm. Because that's all that matters. It's all that matters. The present moment needs that are all that matters. So although I didn't have... I didn't have clothes. I didn't have any of my own. I didn't have my own bed. I was sleeping on the couch or on the floor. Um, I didn't have, um, you know, just small things, I guess. In my eyes, they were small things or things that, like, I didn't have that I felt were, like, comfort. My sense of security wasn't necessarily there. I wasn't living in a place that was mine, you know. Um, didn't have an hourly job, so I didn't really have an income coming in. Um... The only income I had was from going out doing readings of the farmer's markets that we did and selling product and those kind of things. So this fear was definitely there. And I stayed present by just understanding that, okay, I got water. Great. Food? We'll see. I have a meal here. Great. And then it was just constantly understanding that I'll get fed and knowing you're protected. It's hard to trust and have that faith when your present moment doesn't look like that. But somehow, two meals a day, sometimes one meal a day, sometimes if it was really rough, I would just fast and be like, well, uh, I can't really do much here. I have to wait. And I'll wait. But I also had community around me. And that was one thing that was a big lesson is don't be afraid to ask for help. If you're really in a space where those immediate needs aren't being met and you have this, this lack mindset, ask for help. There's got bound to be some people. Um, now, if you burnt all your bridges, then we're at a whole different scenario, right? Then it's, okay, if you're in this present moment, what do I need to do? There's quick ways that you can do to go get some funds to go you know, ask someone for food, blah, 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 blah. Um, when we're talking about now that I have some of these things, how, cause, cause this is a fear that just constantly grows, right? Because in our human nature or human side, you never feel like you have enough. You always want more, always want more, always want more, always want more, always want more. Always want more. I have this, but I know I want this. Mm-hmm. I just got this new couch, but now I want this couch. Ooh, I just got this new comforter. Ooh, but this comforter seems nice. I just bought this video game. Oh, but this new game's just coming out. Mm-hmm. And this phone. Oop, 2024 new vehicle, new Subaru. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I want that one. Right? We we have that just like, I don't know. It's just been programmed, right? Since we've started building things, creating things, it's always like, ooh, that fresh new thing, that mm-hmm. fresh new thing, that looks nice. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So it's now seeping into just basic things. Um, and one of the biggest things that also helped me was uh, a space of gratitude and I'll go outside of kind of like now just not from personal experience but what I know works I mean obviously having gratitude I did have Um, and that is for understanding and reflecting on 
all that you have created, right? The things that you put your mind on that actually have come to fruition. Man, I wanted that. And be like, I have that now, actually. That's in my life. Uh, whether it be companionship, good friends, um, whether it be, you know, camera that you wanted at the time, you know, uh, music set that you wanted at the time or something that you wanted at that time, reflect and be like, I did once at a time of my life say, wow, I wish I had that. That would be cool to have. And now I have it. Mm -hmm. So understanding that power of, okay, well, if I can do that and create that and great, be grateful for the fact that I have this thing in my life now. What's stopping me from using that same technique mm-hmm. for the things that I don't have in my life yet? And I say yet, because yet is the key word. You don't have them yet. Not that I won't ever have. Now, if you continue to tell yourself I won't ever have them, or this is never going to work for me, or I'm never going to be at that space where I have this, you know, financial security or, you know, healthy food or anything like that then you're constantly, that's all you're going to be bringing into your life. You're never going to have that. And so I've changed personally to, I don't have it yet. It's not here yet. It's coming, but it's not here yet. Okay, that's fine. I can get, I can deal with that. My body then goes, oh, okay, it's just not here yet. It'll get here. And I got rid of how it's going to come. Um, and that's kind of how I got where I am now. Um, so does that answer your question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um. that is a big fear. A lot of people have that fear. I think grounding yourself in gratitude for what you've created, staying as present as possible and meeting the needs of what is needed by you at this present moment and mm. asking for help. So just going deeper into the second one, I think it was, was, um, being present. Yeah. Going deeper into that, like, um, like that also helps with being able to see clearly or the clarity of like being able to be like, this is an opportunity or this is like what I've been asking for. Cause sometimes it's right in front of you like what you've been asking for and you'll still be afraid, still doubting yourself, still afraid to be able to accept it into your life. That's actually, I think that's what keeps people there for a long time too. Yeah. Because they're afraid of even, and that's where desert, like where your worth and your deserving Yep, deserving I was just about to go from. there. Yep, good call. Yeah, you're definitely your worth. Your worth plays into a lot of it. Um. I mean, we can go so far back as to think of, okay, well, where did you learn what worthiness was? Um, Which is actually an interesting thing to think about. I mean, it's most likely your childhood where you learned, are you worthy of this? Are you, and so you had this preconceived notion of being worthy of love or being worthy of having this sort of abundance, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Self-worth is definitely something where you have to strengthen that muscle. Um, and the only way to strengthen that muscle is to be with yourself and be present with yourself. And I 
stop doubting your own personal desires for fear that, well, I don't need that. Or, hey, that's not a good thing. Um, that's not worth it. It's not just not worth it. So like small mm-hmm. things that you need. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I need this. Oh, that's not worth it. Yeah. I do that a lot. Well, I used to notice, I used to do that a lot. Yeah. Oh, it's just not yep. worth it. Or I'll, maybe I'll reach out to them. Ah, oh, it's not worth it. Yeah. Not worth it. When you're saying that, what are you saying? I'm not worth the time. I'm not worth this, you know, I don't know, water machines thing. That I'm not worth a new phone. I'm not worth going, you know, I'm not worth going through the trouble to reach out to somebody to, you know, potentially open up an opportunity in my career. It's not Mm -hmm. worth it. It's not worth it. Right. You're basically telling yourself that, that you're not worth it. You're not worth the effort Mm. to create the life that you want. Mm. So it becomes a, uh, vicious, like cyclical cycle. Cyclical cycle. <laughs> Bicycle cycle. Um, and that's, I, th- I think that um, when you're going through fear and doubt, and I want to, I want to talk, I want to touch more on doubt because we have hit on some big fears. Hmm. Um, but doubt Doubt is a tricky one. And the reason I say that is because doubt will come in multiple forms. Uh, More so than, um, should I do this or should I do that? Uh, Because you can doubt yourself with just small hesitations. When you're speaking, Yeah, you will pull back you'll add extra words you'll completely think of something totally different to say that's off topic crazy and because you feel also that you it goes back to worth ties in you don't have anything to give to a conversation or you don't have anything to give to a relationship you feel like you always have to show up and this kind of goes i think we were talking a little bit about this earlier with that receiving and giving aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so doubt not only plays into just decision making, um, but it also plays into, uh, how do I explain this? It also plays into, I don't believe that this is going to happen and you can also doubt faith. You can doubt that someone's going to be there for you. So you start to doubt other people. You can doubt that, uh, you know, everything that you're being told is lies. So you start to just not only have the internal doubts, but it becomes external. Mm. <laughs> and I advise you to be aware of that because there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go into this. Okay, let me try to explain this. Yeah, I see where you're going, and I like it. So when you 
start seeing these external doubts mm. of no one's ever been there for me. I doubt anyone will be in the future. Uh, I doubt the things that I desire will come you know, true for me. Like, look, at, it's never happened for this person, blah, blah, blah. You start just doubting these things, right? Then you have to look at how you're doing it internally. Because everything that you're doing externally, all that it is is a mirror of what's going on inside of you. Hmm. And we projecting it. So you're projecting your own doubts on the external world that nothing's going to be there for you. When if you were to look back at yourself, are you there for you? Are you there for yourself in the moments when you need them the most, when you need yourself the most? Are you giving yourself that, you know, structure that you may need? Are you mothering yourself the way, I'm just going to use the word mother and father. Are you mothering yourself, nurturing yourself the way that you need it? Are you doubting? And that's why you doubt that no one's going to ever be there for you in that time when you really need it the most because no one ever is. So you always have to do it. So you feel just doubtful of that. But Mm -hmm. are you looking at it yourself Two, how often do you really do that for yourself? Or are you seeking outside of you? Yeah, same thing with like your drive and your aspirations and the things that you want to build. Do you doubt that they're ever going to come? Okay, well, are you doubting every single decision that you make that would ultimately lead you in the right path to achieve those goals and aspirations? Right? So... It's, it is a cycle, but I encourage that if you feel, if you are one that sees this out external doubt to look internal at the way that you doubt, maybe your own moves, your own motives or not motives, your own decisions in both nurturing yourself, loving yourself, giving yourself the things that you know, everyone needs, um, cooking for yourself, doing those small things, you know, and then are you actively making small decisions each day? And I don't mean they have to be grand. I'm not saying you have to drive yourself to a fucking point of exhaustion by grinding at some sort of dream job that you want every day. Yeah, that'll get you there, but you're also losing a part of yourself. Now I'll tell you this. We, we may put a lot of hours into this, right? We may have put a lot of hours into this outside of this. And like, when we're really doing it, I don't put a lot of hours into it. It gets done. But that's because I'm not, I'm not like consistent. And I don't, because I don't, to me, I still want to be able to enjoy everything outside of me. So there's people that are saying, you may see this all over Instagram and all over anywhere you go, you if you're not grinding at it every single day, I blah, see that blah, you're so never going to make it. I you see know, that people so that, much. And you know what that is? That's all this willpower, <laughs> solar plexus forcing yeah. crap. Yeah. And it, it's not bad. You're just afraid. You're afraid that if I don't do this, it's never going to happen. And so you push yourself to the point of exhaustion, Mm -hmm. to the point of not even being able to enjoy your own life and the journey because you have to be at this point to be like, oh, wow, wow, I can relax. Mm -hmm. Woo. And then you're going to get there. You're going to get to that point and be like, I have to keep going. I have to be better than everybody else. Right. That instinct is just going to, you're going to be nonstop constantly. Mm -hmm. You're never going to be able to take a break. If you want to live like that, great. Personally, I don't want to live like that. Mm. And so by just understanding the laws, 
you can move <clears throat> at what seems like a slower rate. But the powers and the the things that are moving in the background, they're huge. Because I'm not just asking for one small thing. And my, my intention is not just one small thing. What I want to create is just not just one small thing. It's not, it's not personal for me. It includes me, but it's not just one thing. So that's why I like I, um, I let go of how it's going to happen. I have a specific example that's coming to mind for for what you just said. Um, because I I do believe that a lot of people struggle with that because, especially just with all the competition or whatever right now, especially like. Now a lot of people are making like their own, like they're going into entrepreneurship, they're going mm-hmm. into their art, they're chasing, like people want to chase their dreams. Like they want to like yeah. feed that like desire that they have, which is good. I, I see that in like maybe more our like age groups, but people mm-hmm. are like just going for it and believing that they do. But they, I feel like there's some people who still, cause I'm, I'm also, I'm, I'm not like, um excluded from this but like getting that guilt of like I'm not doing enough Mm. and like having to work outside of that but it's actually just like creatively draining you like you said like just trying to constantly force things to happen but it is like you still need to do the work but fear and doubt are still working it's like I don't want to say working it's magic on you but you're still like (laughs) under its spell pretty much because like if you're just like um stuck in this place where you're not doing like you're not taking action and that's making you more feel more shameful and guilty about you not doing anything to make your dreams come true it's not helping it's not helping cuz then it's just feeding you and you're getting digging yourself deeper into the blockage that you're in mm-hmm. and i do notice creatives especially i feel like fall into this super easy cuz then it's like perfectionism then it's all these expectations you're setting on your for yourself yeah not living up to but i was gonna ask you maybe like have you been through that because i think you actually you were like telling me one time like music wise yeah you were you were dealing with that or something but how do you remember how you got out of that um yeah i mean i i get in get into it a lot and it wasn't until recent that i got out of it um now it still shows up. You know, I just kind of made friends with it. Like, I just understood. Um, and I started to give myself more grace. Um, because I, the other day, I was like, man, I love to make music. And then I got sidetracked and started doing something. I just hadn't, I hadn't had time. And I'm, I'm using this justification of, well, I don't have a keyboard, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, I said that to myself a couple weeks back. And I was like, that's a crutch, Josh. Calm down. <laughs> like you've made music without that shit before. Like calm yeah. down. And so I was like, oh man, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pop on and make some music. And I just didn't. I had that inspiration, but I just was like something came up and I just started doing something else and I was like, Oh, and you know what I started doing? I started actually doing everything for the podcast and like editing and doing all that stuff. Oh, that's cool. So I mean I got into like yeah. a whole different zone, but yeah. I um what helped me with this was and this is this is what I, I started doing. 
I started giving one, giving myself more grace because there's some people that can force creativity and things can happen. Um, and there's some people like me that enjoys waiting for creativity to strike and then striking when the iron's hot Hmm. and then creating something absolutely beautiful that you didn't even know was possible in like such a short amount of time and then being fueled by that. Mm. So then it kind of continues down the line of like in that same time span, I might go from right, like having this huge inspiration because I'm working on like a book, uh, now a couple, a couple book series. I've told you about it. I'll have a huge inspiration. We'll all sit down and just write and just create stuff for maybe like a day or two, mm-hmm. and then it'll be gone. Poof. And then I'll be doing, and then I'll go into some totally other creative zone, yeah. and then I'll bounce from that creative zone to this other creative zone. They all feed together. You know, there's no like complete separation from it because eventually they all they all have some similar story and message that I want to give out, but. I allow myself to do that, and <clears throat> I mean, there is one main. Th- I mean, this right now is my main focus, the podcast. Um, but I've also allowed myself to have that grace because I'm enjoying the journey. Mm. I'm enjoying just having that moment of wow. I'm gonna really dive into this writing here. I'm gonna dive into my studies here and more go deep into more yoga and understand how I can make a cool flow and dive into yin and trying to create balance and learning all that kind of fun stuff. Or, man, I'm really going to dive into uh, my D&D because I love playing D&D. So I'll dive into my character mm. or, like, we'll go play D&D or, you know, or I'll, you know, sometimes, like I said, I'll dive into music and I'll go listen to some of the songs I made or go create something, you know, or I'll dive into this stuff, you know, or I'll just dive into a good TV show. I, I try to just enjoy what's flowing for me at the moment and that gives me the most grace and not feeling the space of shame because I know that it's still going to strike. I know that that creativity is still working in the background. That when I'm inspired, I'm going to go strike. When like I have lyrics that I've written down that just like pop into the head like, oh, this would make a great song lyric, right? Mm. So uh, one thing I would say is to not be so rigid Mm. on a schedule depending on the creative Mm -hmm. if you're someone that needs disciplined schedule or you won't do it then carve that time out of your schedule Mm. if you're someone that like more like me that's a little more just intuitive um i have a direction i have an intention um then i kind of in the moment do what i feel is right so if i wake up okay actually the only I do have a morning routine and a night routine. Create that. Create a morning routine, create a night routine. Everyone's going to say that. The rest of your the rest of my day, unless I have work, is kind of just unless or my plans open, I usually leave the rest of the day open. I have a morning routine I get done, night routine, and then the rest of the day is just if I have an off day. What do I want to do? You know. Do I want to, you know, and I just kind of, I just kind of let that feel. And I don't, I don't fall into this pitfall anymore because I've allowed myself that space and that grace to 
give myself that time. So I hope I'm answering the question because I'm just going with what, what I've done mm-hmm. and what's worked for me. I've recognized that I'm more of an intuitive person and then sticking to a rigid schedule just screw me up and brought on more shame than than anything else did. Mm. So like not doing something um, brought on, like if I had it scheduled, like, oh, I'm going to go work on music today. And if I didn't do it, I brought myself like ton of shame, like Josh, you didn't fucking do this. Or, you know, oh, I'm going to go edit this and go put this up or get, get, get this scheduled for the podcast. And like I didn't do it that day. I gave myself grace because I'm like, well, it'll get done. Mm-hmm. I know I'll do it because I know myself and I know that the iron's going to strike. I'm going to fucking knock out a bunch of shit and then save myself. Like I got a couple weeks worth of stuff that I'm just like, okay, good to go for the next couple of days. Nice. So like that, that, I guess finding how you can give yourself that grace, but I would be aware of the ways that you give yourself shame and being afraid that you're not going to achieve what you want to achieve. So, and when I say achieve what you want to achieve by like doing the things that you want to do that bring you joy. Um, and I would say if you're someone that like you were talking to your point of the, you know, I'm never going to be this person or I'm never going to make it, blah, blah, blah. I would, I would advise and I would recommend doing your best to eliminate this space of feeling like you need to quote unquote make it and just do it for you. Just do what you love to do and do it with your whole heart. And who cares if someone, you know, who cares if you make a million dollars off of it? Who cares if it just brings joy to the people around you? Maybe that's all that matters. Yeah, for real. That's what I've been thinking about a lot lately is like getting out of like doubting myself and like the the goals that I have is like these fears that initially hit me where I'm like that actually start sparking up ideas and being like, I want to do this, like, kind of like, like you said, a catalyst for, like, growth. Mm. Like, when I feel the fear of, like, damn, I, you know, I have this goal, I really want to um, create art or play music, whatever it is, like, I'll just be like, I have to be present in the moment to notice or to understand that I'm holding myself back right now and I'm not making any like action because I'm still waiting for something. We were kind of talking about it earlier, like still waiting for something to happen, like a perfect scenario of like, or I'll wait for, um, like for me to not mm-hmm. be afraid of, of this anymore or mm-hmm. to be like... You push it off. Yeah, push it off or I'll be like, I'm going to work on my fear, which is weird to think of you getting trapped in that too because I've been there. Like yeah. I've noticed I've been there too. Is like... I won't do this until I feel like I've... Yeah. Like so many people are like, I won't get in a relationship because I feel like I still have these X, Ys, and Zs about me. Yeah. Like I haven't healed this part of me yet, so I'm not going to get into a relationship. Yeah. 
what do you think a relationship's for? Yeah. For real, <laughs> you know. I know. Isn't that crazy? Because then it's like... Same thing with like yeah. making the music or mm-hmm. doing anything creative. Like, oh, I don't want to paint because, you know, I haven't learned how to paint. <laughs> yeah. Or no one really That's taught me the ways how to paint, too. right? Yeah. Doing something... That was one thing. I used to have yeah. that until Kaylee was like, just come paint. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Aww. And I just painted. I mean, it came out decent i wasn't like yeah. you know she's got like all these great lines, but i was like i don't know it doesn't look bad mm-hmm. you know painting that was fun i had a great time and it was artful and creative and yeah i don't i just don't have paint supplies otherwise i would paint yeah oh that's yeah that reminds me I've, i'm itching to get back into painting and um it's just like there's so much do you, do you just, do you, oh, I want to ask you this because there may be fearful, but it also could be a sign of, uh, do you constantly find yourself telling yourself that you don't have the time? Are you like, cause I wouldn't say that's a fear or a doubt. Well, I mean, it could be, um, because it also plays into this perfectionism. I could see that. You Some, don't have the the yeah. right environment or the right things going at the time mm-hmm. that it's not going to be the way you want it to be. And so if you do it, you're going to judge yourself and shame yourself. That don't look good. It's not my best work. Yep. Blah, blah. I should never do this again. A, a bunch of that happens with, uh, yeah, when I'm trying to make like music or something. Mm-hmm. I'll, do, I'll do like that, especially probably because things that I care about a lot, yeah. I'll do that more. Yeah. Things that Everybody are like... Will. Yeah, like if I'm thinking about making art though, and like videos, for some reason, um, I'm trying to think, that's more like I can follow my curiosity, and I can like let it flow better. It's weird that it's like that though. Yeah, just for that. Mm-hmm. Probably more confidence in doing that. Yeah, yeah, because if you don't know about something, you know, you're not gonna like my painting example. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to paint. Or not to say that I didn't know how to paint. I mean, I know how to, I know how to paint stuff. But like my drawing aspects and those kind of skills, I never worked on those. So what the confidence that I have in those are really low. Mm-hmm. Do I like drawing? It's not something. You know what? This is a great point. Maybe I don't like drawing because I'm afraid of how it's going to look. I'm going to be disappointed in what I draw. Mm. And so I don't draw or I don't paint because I'm self-conscious about it. Yeah. Of how it's going to look. Oh, and then I'm going to be like, dude, that looks terrible. It's like, well, yeah, you never really paint. Obviously yeah. you don't practice it, uh-huh. you know? And so that's, this brings up a valid point. When you're overcoming fears, when you're working on your doubts, you have to practice them. You're not going to get it right right away. It's not going to be an overnight fix. It's not going to be something that, boop, oh, I just listened to this podcast and now I don't have any fears or these fears aren't bothering me or I'm not doubting myself anymore. Oh, 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 good to go. It ain't going to be like that. Mm. It's going to be work and it's going to be inner work and it's going to be a day-to-day grind. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can suggest, stay present. Yeah. I'm glad it's you said that. the best thing that you can do. Because if you constantly start worrying about the 
now you're afraid that you're never going to get out of your fears. So you're never going to get out of this pattern, right? Your mind goes, oh, it's been three days and I'm still worried about this thing. I'm still doubting the way I make this. You know, you still feel like you're in this cycle. It's been three days, man. Give yourself some fucking grace. Yeah. The world wasn't made in three days. God damn. Man, it's been over billions of years. Yeah. I think you're just going to overcome 28. I wouldn't say 28 years because I really didn't know what was going on until maybe I was like, I don't know. If it's start creating programs. But, you know, your longevity yeah. of however long you've been alive, that many years of just programming these sort of fears and beliefs about yourself. You really think it's only going to take you three days to overcome it? You can yeah. be hopeful, I wish. I believe in overnight miracles, but nah. <laughs> yeah, for real. That reminds me of like, um, like this grind, the grind that you were talking about, like, you know how people will like, we were talking about earlier, that's kind of engraved in society is like the grind, whatever. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. bro. Like the grind is actually like the mental, like release and like emotion, mental emotional release that you need to be doing to to just be able to find clarity within yourself. To then that's where action comes from. I was gonna say like, if you have trouble of like rethinking about the grind and you're like still feel like you need to like just be on the go all the time, think of it as like the like. I'm glad you said the grind because I was like yeah. that's another way to think about it. Like being like, no, I'm just gonna grind on being balanced grind on being like in that state of like being able to release and stuff but I was gonna say um with like practicing and like going for what you want in life like um I've been telling myself this a lot lately because I've I feel like personally I've been stuck in like for a while like I don't know if it's creatively probably creatively because like you're vulnerable when you're like being creative. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, for me, it's performance and then performance leaks into expression, even with your voice. So when mm -hmm. you're talking about mm -hmm. like talking to other people and like those thoughts in conversation, social, mm -hmm. like all these things, like a performance, like expression, I would say like, um, like fire element. Um, like doing that, like, you taking action on things, I've just been telling myself, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it because I'm going to keep, like I said, I'm going to keep waiting for the perfect scenario, the perfect circumstances. Yeah. But like you just said, like Rome wasn't built in a day, like, or the world or whatever, the metaphor you <laughs> same said. Same thing. Same thing. You same know what thing, I mean? Yeah. Like overnight, like you're going to have to just keep taking the step to be like i'm putting myself out there i'm doing it because like that in itself like you even just doing it gives you confidence more later to be like i just did it and it wasn't that bad maybe it wasn't exactly what i wanted but i did it mm -hmm. and i can at least tell myself like i did it and that made me feel like really good and that gives you like um i don't know some good chemicals in your brain and just be like, um, yeah, I don't know. But I was, I was just thinking about that a lot lately. It's like when you have that opportunity in a moment, like every second counts. Like 
Because you were, I think you even said something earlier to... What, what did you lose? Oh, shit. Ooh, I dropped my ring. Oh, damn. That's okay. Um, like, I think you said something earlier in, in the podcast where you're like, oh, um, being present in every, every, like, I don't know. It made me think every, every second counts because, like. It does. When you're, when you just, like, wait too long, it takes a second for you to make a decision to, like, let something pass by yeah. you. But instead of, like, when you feel that inspiration or, like, that, you said, the fire, what did you call it? Oh, the, the iron. iron, iron yeah. The iron of... When the iron's hot. And that's, yeah, when the iron's hot, like, some people will stay, will let that just pass them by. Mm-hmm. And not take action on it because they're so held down by their fears and the doubts and all that. But, like, um, yeah, I would say, like, awareness, like, start to notice when you feel, like, this could be an opportunity to like be brave or courageous or whatever. If it, it, cause it, it takes courage to like get yeah. out of that comfort zone is wherever you're trapped in. Yeah. And like, so if you could just tell yourself like That's it's now two. or never. Yeah. That's step two. Yeah. You'd be aware of your fears and your doubts. Yeah. Step two is then taking that initiative, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing, okay, this is my moment to do this differently and then like what we talked about of doing the opposite um Mm -hmm. where you're constantly you know you're doing one thing over and over again and you realize that it's been bad for you or not bad for you but it's just not aiding you in any way that not leading you in the direction that you want to live internally and externally so you got to do the opposite Mm. if normally you would react this way by doubting what you're going to say don't doubt what you're going to say. Say it. See what happens. The only way you're going to learn. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you were riding a bike, you know, you're afraid of riding a bike. Once you fall, what did you do? Your parents made you get back up on that bike and start pedaling again because the more you grow on that fear, you're not going to want to get back on that bike. If you were just fall and they and then you'd be like, I don't want to get back on and your parents said, okay, when's the next time you're going to ride a bike? Probably not for a long time. Because you're not confident in your biking skills. Same thing with overcoming these even small fears or big fears. You know, if I'm afraid of public speaking, I've only done it once. Speaking in front of people, I know we've talked about this one, I think, with stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't go do it more and more or you don't go practice it somewhere. You don't just go speak to random people in public or start to speak on what you're loving. It's going to be difficult. The first time, if you don't like it or if you get, you know, something happens, you're not going to want to ever do it again. But you may be really passionate about what you're speaking on. And so that's where you have to have that guide, that, like, line. Like, I'm really passionate about overcoming this fear. If it's a really, really bad fear that's, like, this is really hindering my everyday life. Mm-hmm. That's where you got to have this drive of staying. This is, you have to have that, okay, here's the blockage. I see my goal on the other side. I got to hold that more so than I'm holding my eyesight on the blockage. Mm. That's like the biggest thing I'd recommend. And so once you recognize the blockage, okay, now here's where I want to get. Okay, what's the step just over the blockage? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Yeah. Maybe it's saying yes or no or asking for help. Yeah. Okay, great. I did that. Woo, I did it. that wasn't so bad. Now my blockage moved just a little bit further. And here's my end point. And now I'm taking a look at what's here. And okay, I did that. Okay, now it's a little further. 
okay, now I did that. Ooh, it's easier. So now maybe my blockage is here. I can go do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, look at that. Maybe a couple months pass by. I'm right here. I'm almost there. Look, I have no fear of going out in public. I have no fear of speaking with communication with people and telling them what I need. I have no fear of being vulnerable. I have no fear. Like you just start and that's one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. One thing at a time. For you real. You start looking at too many things, you're just going to you're you're going to go back into the space of doubt and it's even possible for you to get out of these. Yeah. So one thing at a time. And that was one thing that um a mentor, a yoga teacher um Eric was really profound on it like didn't even think that was a possible thing. I mean, I knew you could look at one thing at a time, but I didn't think that was very helpful because I was like, well, everything is in uh, everything works together. So I was like, well, if you just look at everything, it'll all fix itself, right? No, no, no. One thing at a time. Mm. And that really helped me a lot. Yeah. I like that. I do too. I was I was sitting on that for a little bit cuz I was like Well, my question cuz you um You're talking about like the steps and then like trying to reach higher and in consciousness or whatever, like going to that next level of like, okay, I'm actually, now I'm gaining momentum in the things that I want to do. Um, sometimes like, so for instance, like an example, a personal example of mine, when you were saying like, okay, well, what's on the other side of this step? And, like, focus on one thing at a time. Like, in that moment, my thought process would probably be, like, for instance, I have a, I have a, sometimes I have a fear of, like, being, like, saying no to things and also just putting up boundaries. Okay, yeah. And, like, so, so I was thinking about boundaries and I was, like, what's the fear? What's, like, so, what am I so afraid of, of, like, being able to speak up and being, like, no. Like, I know everything in my body or whatever is saying, no, I don't want to do this. Or, like, this is going to cause, like, so much more. Like, I can see it right down there. the road. Right where you stop. Yeah. This is going to cause oh, so much more. So much more anxiety. Because you're you're thinking of their reaction. Mm-hmm. You're not honoring your own personal boundaries that you know you may need to set. So you you disregard all of that. And only worry about the other person. And I wasn't going to say anything until I understood that that may be the root. So it could be something else. It could be something completely different. But that sounds like that would be, you know, why the boundary isn't as solid. Because for so long, you've just kind of accepted that the role of, well, I'm always there for people. So I always should be, no matter what. And I always want to be there for people because I don't like seeing my friends struggle. But I don't like seeing this happen to other people, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, I, I just don't like saying no. Um, but there's power in both, yes and no. So, I mean, is there like a specific example that you say that you do it more often or like we don't lose it? Or is it more like when people ask you to do something? I don't want to get too deep into like I said. But that's kind of like... That's kind of the gist. Yeah. Is like honoring yourself mm-hmm. and understanding. And I would recognize of what is it that's that's being asked of me that's too much? Is it and why why am I still saying like why am I still saying yes? 
I guess would be a good question. Why am I still saying yes? And then you'll probably get because of X, Y, and Z. Um, and it's like, well, if those can outweigh the boundary that you need to place, then maybe you can kind of make a compromise. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that was my lesson, like, for throughout life is boundaries. I still struggle a little bit, but I've been way, way better. Yeah. And I was going to say self, yeah, like self-acceptance and, like, being, like, just knowing, like, this is how I kind of had to learn it was like knowing that if I'm going to say yes now, it's going to put a bandaid over the situation and maybe it's going to be like what I think is best to please the other person or whatever, like friend, yeah. you know what I mean? Just like those kinds of things. It's really not like, cause I know automatically I'm not giving myself what I need in that moment. It's, it can't possibly be what they need. So like our, I almost said codependencies. I don't even know if that's what it is, but ours, um, potentially, I don't, yeah, I don't even know, but like our energies are feeding off of each other being like, I'm giving in to my insecurity right now, which is allowing you to also keep going down your path of oh, habits yeah, and insecurity as well. Mm-hmm. So whatever that boundary is that needs to be placed for whatever reason, they want to cross a boundary for whatever reason you're allowing them to cross a boundary. Yeah. You're still giving in to the, negative path in a way yeah not the higher self path like you'd want to when it's someone you care about it's really difficult to draw that yeah without being and and i think that's that's this is where communication is huge and awareness is key one more time awareness is key because if you're unaware of what's really going on at their root and you're not one that wants to communicate as to you know, why you're feeling this sort of insecurity or this boundary that I can't meet, right? You're just going to continue being in that cycle because you don't want to trigger them mm-hmm. triggering themselves because you know, like, well, I might be able to handle it, but it is triggering me because I'm not giving myself this and then I'm going down this road and I didn't want to go down this road. There's this like maybe extra stress or anxiety that I didn't need. Because now I'm feeding into your insecurity. But if you're not communicating about that, like, hey, let's talk about what's going on with you so I can talk about what's going on with me and we need to meet in the middle ground. Mm. That's the only way that that's really going to be resolved. Because, I mean, if there's that hard no boundary, you could be triggering. I mean, and granted, there is this kind of thin line. And it's really hard when you deeply care for people. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I care for a lot of a lot of people, and I just kind of care about other people. But there are people I would just say no to. Um, but I think that's where the communication really needs to be had in situations like that. But that's also a fear, you know. And there's also a doubt in that because you could be the most open and aware, but you don't know how they're going to react. And if it's someone you deeply care about, you could be afraid of losing them or afraid of not having a friend or afraid of them not being able to ask for your help anymore. And now you feel like, well, now I'm useless. Mm. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of inner, inner connection and inner things that go on with that. And so by being that vulnerable of just saying, hey, look, 
this is what's going on for me and it's not really working out too well. Not, I mean, not working out too well, but like every time I say this, I really don't want to do this. Maybe we can do X, Y, and Z. I understand maybe you're dealing with this. Can you give me some details on what's going on of why this always, why you're always needing me at this time or why, you know, this is happening. Why, why can't we, can we figure something out? And so there's nothing really you can control on the other person, on the other party of what's going on, the other people, which then becomes a whole stem of things. And that's why I said continue to just go with your personal experience of what it is that you need. Communicate that and let it, let it be. Don't be afraid of communicating what it is you need because the more that you do that, the more fearful you're going to be, excuse me, the more that you don't communicate, let me clarify, the more that you don't communicate your needs, the more fearful you're going to be of mm. your own security. Damn. And then you're going to be more doubtful that you can even have this or that you even deserve this aspect of communication or aspect of love or worth and it starts going into all these things. So when I say awareness and communication, awareness and communication are key. Being aware of what's going on inside of you, being aware that there may be something underlying of what's going on with the other person and communicating what's going on inside of you vulnerably to allow them to also be vulnerable because they will recognize and feel that. When you are talking to someone and they're spilling their guts out, you can immediately tell if they're lying or if they're truthful. It's one thing I've noticed about just talking with homeless people. <laughs> Weird to say, but it's a great example. I have some people that I can totally tell it's a whole fabricated story. Some people I can tell just really need help because they're being completely vulnerable. Some of them are being vulnerable in the sense that they, they may be completely lying, but when you're truthfully and honestly communicating your deepest vulnerabilities to somebody of what it is you need out of either a relationship, out of either a job opportunity, out of maybe you talking to yourself personally about what you need in your life. Maybe it's a roommate. Maybe it's a family member. They will feel that, and it's going to open up a space. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised at how quickly that opens up a space for them to also be like, wow, actually, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this right now. I never told you or I just wasn't happy telling you or I was ashamed of telling you or I didn't think that it really mattered that much because they're also going through their own internal battles 24-7. Mm -hmm. And if you don't communicate that by being, so, by being aware of what's going on inside of you at all times, they won't be able to do the same. Maybe they're not as aware of what's going on inside of them, but the awareness that you have is going to allow them to open up into a space of vulnerability that you may just get a better understanding of how we can create a boundary or just create better communication between us, mm. between the community. That's kind of how they all, they, they all jumble together. It's a weird, it's interesting, but think of our brains as like the craziest parts of like quantum computers. So we have the ability to do so many things at, at once and so in order to really sift through, being present allows you to stay with what's happening in the moment, whether it be a fear, whether it be a doubt, whether it be joy, you know, um, 
and recognizing and sitting with one fear at a time, one doubt at a time, and taking those small increment steps. Yeah. I think we end on that. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel? I feel good. That that last um that last bit that was like a reson resonating point for me. Yeah. Mhm. I never thought of it like that before. Really? Yeah. I just I never really thought like how how uh interconnected some of the shit really gets. Mm. Like because I'm so like I like I talk about just being in my own personal experience. Like I worry about everyone around me, right? I mean, because I the people that are near me and stuff like that, and relationships I want to keep. But I'm also so in my own inner experience sometimes that I like become like I don't know weirdly ultra present. That like I don't know what's going on outside half the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't ever check the news or something like that. It's like, it's nice. There's also a part of me that's like, I need to go back out into community. I need to go back out and to reach with people and speak with people. And I need to do that. Mm-hmm. And so and that's what I'm feeling. And so that's what I'm, uh, I'm putting my intention on starting to do like February, March, like reconnecting, um, and like going to teach yoga, start doing that. So I gotta finish all those things. But anyways, thank you for tuning in. Was <laughs> swimming with Sepsi. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thank Appreciate you. y'all. Peace and love. Peace. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Swimming with Sepsi. If this resonated with you, please like, subscribe, and follow us on our YouTube channel, or listen on all platforms or wherever you get your podcasts any support is greatly appreciated you can find us on our patreon page at patreon.com slash swimming with sepsi you can also follow us on instagram at swimming with sepsi and if something did arise today maybe you need some clarification or want some help or just need some guidance and don't know where to go feel free to reach out to me via email swimwithsepsy at gmail.com or you can find my website at solelyliving.com where I offer coaching packages, readings, and things of that nature. Again, thank you for tuning in. Very grateful. Namaste. And we'll find you on the next episode of Swimming with Sepsy.